any better than last time, is it? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just I'm just wondering if people think I've got Dog the Bounty Hunter from Hawaii on the show. <laughs> oh, <laughs> or, yeah. or or Rick Wickman. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> or, or, or there's a big issue, you know, patch without its fella. Yeah, I know, but absolutely. I just, yeah, so, so yeah, I know, I know, I know. I'd, I'd like to say it was a fashion statement, but I've always been this unkempt. <laughs> um, I just asked you a question there before we came on air, and I'm fascinated with this. So my question to you was, for, for the benefit of everyone else, if you have got wealth beyond your wildest dreams, if you, your family... And all of your friends and family, because of you, are, are set up for life. Even the generations to come are set up for life. What is the trigger point when someone comes to you and says, you can have more, you can have more, get more, you know, tweak this little rule in tax or stuff this person over and you can have more. What, what is that? Well, I mean, there's usually two kind of uh, causes. One, actually, quite often is external investment. Um, which drives you up to a certain level, you know, it pushes you beyond your morality, if you like, yeah. in that you have to do something because you've signed up to this and you may have, you, you know, yes, you may have got to a certain level of, you know, of income, but you may still have personal guarantees or you may, it could all go. So there's that, you know, why, why did people, I was listening to a thing about uh, uh, Robbie Burns um, on uh, and how, how many kids he sired and all this kind of stuff. And it was an insurance policy them days, in case, just in case, you lost all your children. And, there was, um, and that was what looked after you in, in older age. So people have that at the back of them. But, but if you're in business and if you're wanting to be the very best that you can be, and generally people in business are driven, you know, you're self-starters, you you know, your self-discipline is there that you'll put yourself through quite a lot to get there and what have you. But Unfortunately, you then overuse it. And I used to think that a weakness was on one hand and a strength was on the other hand, and they're diametrically opposite. But actually, no, they're not. They're on the same plane. So if I'm, if, you know, to be, to be successful, you've got to have self-confidence. You build up your self-confidence, your self-belief. Fantastic. These are things that you, you, you don't naturally have to start with. You know, we've all been there. We've all had that to make that first phone call when we've got our first job and we're scared to death. And, and, you know, you build that up. We have that resilience. Then you get to a certain level of optimal, but you go beyond it. So self-confidence becomes arrogance. Yeah. And, and you carry on. And it's a bit like that with earning. We, we carry on. We get enough. And then we go further. We think, well, we just get a bit more, get a bit more. And then you actually start looking at the peer group. What they tend to do is stratify them with, the peer group who also have lost and then i don't know if you've seen silicon valley the uh, tv series no uh, just just get it right it's on netflix um, okay it's you will absolutely cry with laughter right um i've only up to series three but there's this guy who says i've he's got three commas three commas it's a three he's a billionaire he's got three commas and when he went down to two only um, you know 980 million pound net worth he hadn't he lost his third comma and it's cycle and if you've got a strategy it's you know you're in the kind of thing where everybody's like that you're trying all the kinds of, and you don't care what happens to the you know there's so many things going on in your world you don't think of the person on the zero hours contract and you don't you know that's why you end up with the hideousness of silicon valley if you look at silicon valley as a place rampant 
um, uh, homelessness, uh, very poor quality of life, and it, it really isn't sustainable in any way, shape or form. Um, and this is what you've had at this, this extremity. So what we've got to do is make it a, so it's unacceptable to have excessive wealth. And if you look at, um, I don't mean that from a strategy, a moral point of view. You know, that's, that's what rules are, are based on is social mores. And if you've got something you say, actually, I've got 20 million or 30 million, I've got 100 million, what, just work out what is your enough. Enough yeah. to put it away to have a good standard of living in your elder care. You know, we, you've got to make sure you're, you're looked after that. But thereafter, ease back. And I was having a listen to a podcast by Richard, and I'll pronounce his name wrong. It's Koch, Koch. Um, but I, I just emailed him afterwards and he, he replied, Fantastic. Um, he was saying, what you, what you should do is only do the 20 things that you enjoy doing and fuck everything else. And only see the 20 people that make you feel really good. Oh, Don't yeah. mean sycophants, but people that you enjoy. You know, maybe even, you know, you always have these friends that you always wind each other up and you're completely diametrically opposite, but you get on really well. Yeah. Um, and, you know, but actually spend time with those. Don't spend time with people that you feel you should do, but you actually don't enjoy. You come out going at the yeah. end of it. And he said, you've got then that choice to enhance the quality of your life rather than actually just carrying on doing the things that you need to do. And he, you know, I've, I've got a puritanical work ethic and I, can't, I don't think I can do a lot about it, to be honest. He just said, and then do less. Do stuff, if, if you're doing your 20 things in, that you're enjoying, you're seeing those 20 people, then just spend more time to chill out and do, you know, he said he does an hour a day. It's a great, it's a, it's a great podcast. It's a great book. I've got it up here. The 80-20 Paradox did that. Um, one, one of my books I did in my top 20. And I got in touch with him afterwards just how I've done this. And, you know, we keep emailing that. It's a really interesting guy. Fantastic. And he's saying, dude, the, only the time that you spend, you know, there's only 20% of your time that it makes 80% of the impact. Yeah, the operator. And so design out. He's he saying one of the things that he realised quite early on is you don't have to reply to emails. You didn't ask them to be sent. Well, why should I reply to them? <laughs> I never asked for this. <laughs> I never asked this. I never contracted with you to do that if you send one, I send one back and just delete. And it's those kind of things that we get wrapped up in. And, and similarly with acquiring wealth, we get wrapped up in it. And it's like a, it, it's mainline, isn't it? It's a, we've got another win and all this kind of stuff. But when you lose your soul in that process, when you lose the time to spend with people that you do enjoy or even doing things that that you do enjoy that that's when it becomes destructive and uh, we've seen so many examples of people who lose the moral compass and you know they may have all of the noughts than the uh, that you could possibly imagine and the biggest yachts in the world but fundamentally these people are not happy and yeah. they're not fulfilled and they realize it's you know they've, they've lived somebody else's dream quite often and you do occasionally get the Bill Gateses of the world who are a complete animal commercially and then see you know the the light of philanthropy and then change it <clears throat> most of the time though you'll find in less well-known business people most of them have got are still tethered in reality and the the most enjoyable ones to spend company with who are still you know tethered to their community and they feel part of it and they don't you know they're not there to get and and most most business people aren't like the 
uh, egotistical maniacs that you see that are fated by media, which is a huge disservice to UK PLC because they think, well, I don't want to be like these typically overweight, white men, arrogant, you know, Weinstein-esque characters um, that, uh, you know, that, that you, you know, think they can buy anything whenever they want to and they think it makes people impressed. You know, it just doesn't resonate these days. I think, uh, I think someone said to me once, someone that I really, really admired, who was an incredibly wealthy person, um, said to me, um, you need to be careful. It was about uh, uh, an exit and all of that. He said, you need to be careful because money can change people. Unless the core is absolutely set, money can change people. And money will, will change people. Um, and I often, often reckon it too, as I watched people that I really admired and had sunk a lot of time, invested time into getting to know and trusting and all of that, to see the demon take over, to see the, 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 the absolute green demon take over, and completely change core philosophies, personalities, the whole lot for the pursuit of that suitcase full of cash um, yeah. uh, has been has been quite astonishing in my life to see the you know you just want to hold these people and go are you okay are you all right are you still the same yeah. person absolutely um, and and it's easily done it, you know it it is addictive you know creating huge amounts of wealth can be addictive if you let it like anything yeah. you know alcohol is if you let it. If you let Gambling it. is, if you let it. Running is, if yeah. you let it. Anything in extreme it is. And you do. there is a cost to it. I always remember when I did my Ironman. And uh, I've only ever done one because the training on it is, you know, three hours a day. And it was it was phenomenal commitment. But the guys in the pre, pre-warm-up kind of thing, you know, before you went out on it the, the night before, they said, uh, how many people is this? Is the first time I had quite a few people. Uh, Alexander, he said, how many people... I've got other hobbies and nobody held a hand up. And I think that's what you tend to find is that when you're running a business, if you let money be the be all and end all, you lose everything else. Yeah. You lose everything else that is meaningful in your life because you've, you, you've, it takes up a lot of time. Of course it takes up a lot of time, but if you're not with people that you want to be with when you're working and you're not with people that you want to be with when you're not working, it's a lonely place and you end up sitting there thinking actually what is this about and then quite a lot of people do to sit back a bit and, and take it now it's okay if it's your own business it's not so good if you're in a corporate hierarchy because it is a usually competitive thing and if you seem to be easing off then quite often it, you, your choice is 100 percent or zero yeah there is yeah. no middle ground and this is where i think the opportunity for people to start their own businesses and do move out of that it's a much healthier place uh, to be. You know, you see quite a lot of people uh, do consulting and do this and the other. So they can work with people that they want to work with and when they want to work and keep that kind of balance in there. Absolutely. You, you're, lo- you're losing a little bit of, uh, you know, security of tenure, but yeah. quite often you get your life back. So it's, it, it's quite interesting. And I think a lot of people now are seeing that as a, as a worthwhile choice, or at least if you get to a certain level of, financial security you can take that that and you know you, you get you get all of the kind of stuff that you want out of life without having to wait for retirement absolutely absolutely um i was looking back through the 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 recent annals of history and noticed that march 19th i had an idea to set up some little uh, interviews with interesting people 
And you were number one. You were number one Cast, March the 19th. And we've now done 30 with cool people. But you were there. You were the original. Fantastic. <laughs> I haven't yet had my certificate through of uh, <laughs> a, 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 a crucifix or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I like it. I like oh, it. I like it. We need to, we need my, to get. My, question, my questions are, back then... I've gone back and rewatched it, and you were concerned. You were clearly, you were clearly uh, like you were a bit like a cat in a hot tin roof. About you know, you just sent all the staff home. You'd uh, you were concerned, but also optimistic about opportunity. Where's your thinking now, Simon? And I'm not. I don't mean just with with Webmart, but where's your mind? It's interesting. Now, I think we are so comfortable with this kind of medium and, and also the digitization of interaction that, that it's clear to me that we've made a 10-year leap in digital adoption in the, in the time since we last talked and now, um, which has never been done before. Um, you know, things typically take decades to embed. You know, even mobile phones, the internet, and all, you know, these things. And all of a sudden we've made, it's not a seismic leap in one sense, but a decarbonizing leap where we're not having to drive everywhere to see people. Uh, a time revolution where we're not having lots of downtime. Um, an education revolution where on hand you can learn so much in it. You could learn probably a year's worth of um, you know, coursework in a day. Yeah. Um, it's just phenomenal the stuff that you're you're doing. And so now, uh, as a business, we've invested in software development. We've invested in digital marketing to support the other things that we do to support the, the team. So that when we get back, we've got quite a lot of uh, automation where we didn't have before, right. or we may have right. done, but it wasn't adopted before to the fullest extent by customers. And I think now that there's a much greater impact. You know, they're having to downsize. I mean, talking to people who are running businesses, and some of these are billions, and some of these are millions of pounds, small as small to you. Everyone's looking around about 20% headcount call. Right. And okay. that, that, that's pretty phenomenal. Um, basically, because they can see, I don't mean to say something happened at the end of furlough and all those kinds of stuff, but over the next year, they can see there's a huge amount of, of automation that can be done. It's not waste in one sense. It's a new opportunity to do that. When you've got customers who are willing to accept it, you know, if I was, if I was to say to somebody, you know, let's have a vidcast two months ago uh, instead of me coming down to see you, you'd be at a commercial disadvantage. They would think that you couldn't be out seeing them. You would think that they, um, they weren't worthy. Uh, all right, okay. Uh, they'd the think that um, it was very much something that they couldn't do behind their firewall. Um, you know, there was there was no way you could use Zoom or anything like that. No, 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 I've never used it, never want to use it. Not an option. And other people would go in. They'd go in and do the old kind of slide trick and they would have a commercial advantage. Well, now, all changed. Yeah. You know, you're sat at home, so you have got no firewall to speak of, so you can do it on your iPhone, you can do it on whatever. You, you know, everyone's on a level playing field, so you're not at a commercial disadvantage. Everybody doesn't want to see anybody. You can't even invite them to your house because you actually what you can't sit there. So it, it, all of a sudden, it's a great level. And now, when you're talking like like this on a on a human level with 
much more confidence and and people are much more savvy with it well of course then doing doing a digital service delivery or doing a product a digital product you know and saying can we it's mash in easier. our product with yours it's a you know you're pushing on an open door yeah. and you know even even micro business i've got a friend who's a, cele a celebrity lawyer who's you know fantastic guy but you started to have a big place in london you know because they had to have a persona and you know people want to come and they you know all this kind of stuff and he's now working out of uh, his shed in his back garden and he said he will never go back to doing that why why would you if that's now commercially acceptable to your your customers in fact it's commercially desirable to your people because you know, if I want to get my my officers ready to, in a socially distant way, to manage people into our building and all of the kind of stuff, that's a huge amount of cost and we don't get paid for it. So by getting this as a kind of de facto modus operandi going forward, everybody's saving huge amounts of cost. And uh, I think that's, that's where, and you'll have to do that because commercially then, your rivals will be doing it, and if you don't, your cost of service will be too high. Absolutely. Um, you know, so, so it, it is a massive change, but we are having to repurpose our resources from one cost center uh, to another to make sure that uh, we are right size. And we, we're lucky we've developed software for 20 years to do this, so it's just a, a next stage on, and now looking at more integration. So API integration between other things, machines of services and that's the kind of conversation that you're having now rather than more of a, a tactical, you know, trading arrangement or something like that. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Because back then when we first spoke March the 19th, we didn't know if we were going to be away for three weeks or four weeks or, and as it turned out months. So that time has given us time to think, time to reposition, um, whether it's pivot or twist or re-enable or reframe, doesn't really matter what it is, but so many but people that I'm talking, it's diff yeah, different, 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 and maybe better, right? Maybe better. Maybe forcing us to, to think differently. I think it's better from a, from a kind of time management point of view, as long as you've got that self-discipline to stop. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, if you're sitting here and, you, you know, you've, you, you, you can overwork if you're not careful. Um, but it's certainly environmentally, it's, it's a huge benefit. Uh, over what it used to be before because we you know the carbon footprint I mean I have an electric car but even then I was doing a thousand miles a, a week give or take um, and you know that, that isn't zero carbon uh, cost so by not doing this it's, it's fantastically powerful and it gives you a chance to get fitter and to to have a better quality of life the challenge you've got of course at the moment is that you can't see anybody it's starting to ease up a little bit but um, yeah you know that, that that's been, that's been a, a more difficult one. But when you have your cake and eat it, that you can be here, work really effectively, and whatever, and go and see people and have a barbecue with you, chilled out, and all this kind of stuff, then it'd be very difficult to drag people three hours into a small box to sit when we could do that, you know, yep. instantly on a you know video. Totally, totally. Um, what we started talking about was was. Um, a, a, a new, not a new way of thinking, but you, you've actually been doing this since the, since the, the, the inception of Webmart. You've been running your business in a different way. You're putting your thoughts down on paper, or thinking about putting your thoughts down on paper in a book, right? Maybe. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I'm, I'm basically, I, I worked it out and I was, I was struggling with these things. 
I've got incredibly shit fingers for typing. Um, I, I have tried Mavis Beacon. I have tried uh, all of these kind of things to, you know, when I was at school, and it does make me sound prehistoric, there were no computers at school. So we were never right. taking any typing skills or whatever. So, uh, so what I've done is revert to video and a brief synopsis below. There's 20 chapters. I'm doing a one, a t one a day. I've done the preface. I've done the introduction. I'm moving on to the chapters now. Um, I'm going to be doing one a day, and there'll be a video of it talking about it, uh, the thematics of it, uh, of how we run the business is different. And I think it's, to be honest, it's the way most businesses will be run in the future. Certainly everybody who came down to the office has said this feels, feels different. You know, when you're there, it feels, it's got a vibe, it's got a, you know, um, and it, it has attracted the right quality of people to be a sustainable business without any ex external investment at all for 25 years through the most traumatic times, you know, cyclical um, times, but also structural. You know, it was started out as a broker of printing. And yep. as you know, was, you know, that was before the internet came around in 1996. Yep. Um, and so we've been able to adapt and evolve. And even now when we're sitting uh, in a very you know, challenging environment, we're not sitting panicking. We've got the funds to be able to see us through that. And so it's got a resilience built into it, which you find that rarely does with the conventional capitalist model. Um, so so, so, so y you've, had this, you've had this since university days in your head, right? And then you... You developed, as you, you, you told me, the Marxist Capitalist Manifesto, but you've now pulled it through to this. You've proven that it works with a business and businesses, yeah. uh, and you're going to put it down. You're calling it the New Capitalist Revolution, right? That's the working title or, or what you're calling it right now. Could you, for those who, this is as good as it gets, for those that haven't heard your TED Talks, for those that haven't been to Webmart and seen it, could you give us the elevator speech on, on what the, the New Capitalist Revolution, what the sort of fundamentals are, if you can do that? Yes, I mean, in an elevator, it has to be quite a shard-like elevator, quite a long one, but fundamentally, what, what you tend to find is that um, businesses only count the things that they want to count. So you typically look at financials. You don't look at externalities, like pollution, and the, the uh, bycatch of denuding of people's lives because of inappropriate working conditions or contracts. We look holistically at things. So we first things look at how we can maximise the intellectual return for people working at Webmart and the people that work with Webmart. So those are both suppliers and clients. You maximize that and then you, people enjoy working there. If you're if you being the best that you can be working, so we mold the job around the individual rather than the individual to the job and then they enjoy it more. And if you've got people who have got a competitive advantage and are enjoying it, people love working with them. Because they're nice people, you know, as a supplier or as a client, these are engaged people who are clearly having a great time and therefore you get the financial return. So it's a three, intellectual, emotional and financial return. And most businesses are introspective. They're looking at all the metrics on the dashboards and da, da, da. We are extrospective. We're looking outside our business on an 80-20 rule. We're looking at suppliers, how we can give insight to them to deliver a unique proposition to them so they want to work with us we want to be their best customer and with customers we want to work in a collaborative way with them so we can understand their strategy their go-to-market approach their value proposition so we can come up with better client acquisition and retention strategies for them and it's, it's a kind of osmosis 
of data going between all three so that it creates unique value for customers and suppliers and ourselves in the middle. And then once we've made enough profit, going back to the enough thing, we, our enough profit is £400,000 a year. That's our retained profit in the business, which gives us a uniquely resilient balance sheet. Um, and then the rest of it gets shared out amongst the team. And it gets shared out as a percentage of the base salary of everybody. So everybody's marked to market. So obviously, if you've got a senior job with a senior responsibility, you're, it's marked to the marketplace price for that job. So it's not discounted because of it. It's marked to that. And then everybody gets a percentage of the base salary of their role. Uh, so everybody gets the same excuse, excuse me a second i just i just heard loads of thumps all around from about 10 miles around here it was financial directors and cfos falling off of their chairs <laughs> but, but this is why if, if, if you do draw a line at the enough you know it's not having you know we're wanting to have you know stupid amounts of money we've got enough to reinvest whenever we want yeah that's given us that resilience that's like giving us that war chest so given very hard times like we're going through now we, we can deal with it without panicking and we can carry on investing through the downturn so that when we come out the other side we will come out stronger and it, it attracts the right people we've got a central people force within the bigger we get the better we get the more people pull together not pull apart because we get yeah. better return on labor employed and you enjoy it more if you're all pulling together aligned like that then it really does make things much more uh, easy to manage um, because you've got alignment. Um, and you also get a, a joint responsibility for running the business because it's, all, it's our business. You know, we all look at it in that, that way. Which so Web, Webmark was never, designed, was never designed to make you or the shareholders you know, extremely wealthy at the expense of everyone. Webmark was designed to create a new culture where you enrich the lives of the people that are not only work for you, but are touched by Webmark, right? Yeah, it seems, to me, it was a case study. And if it hadn't worked out, I'd have said, well, fair enough. Uh, you know, it can't be. It has to be the way all the other companies I'd worked for before was run, which was absolutely not people-centric. Didn't care about people. Just had a number to get. Get a budget, you get beaten with it for the year, and then you deliver it or not and get beaten up a bit more. And if you do deliver it, then you come back on first, first day of the new financial year with a zero. Yeah. And then you've got to do the same fucking thing again. And I just thought this is just madness. I mean, there's no joy in, in something like this. So all I did was invert everything that I'd done before um, at companies. I said, well, there's got to be a different, a better way. And it's just turning it on its head. Turn the management structure on its head. Turn the way that you you know de develop on its head. You, you you instead of borrowing money, don't borrow money. Live within your means. Never borrow a penny. And by doing that, yes, your your improvement rate is lower. But my God, it's resilient. And you feel great about being able to do things that are uh, you know bits a bit bit different. But the other thing is, of course, it opens you the the field of vision of the things that you can do yeah. because it's your money. Nobody's telling you you can't do that. You know, you can give it a go. Why not? And some things don't work out. Of course they don't. But quite a lot do. And then there's a, oh, okay, so you're on a voyage of discovery all the time that most conventional businesses can't go for or choose not to, as it turns out. Because what you tend to find is that the people at the top are finance accountants or whatever, and they've all had to go through a uh, Men in Black-like experience where the, <clears throat> the creativity is taken out of them. <laughs> and they have a linear version of it because they've all had to go through these professional exams 
And so there's one way of doing things. We all do it this way. And you can't do anything deviated from that because that isn't in line with your training and the, you know, the best practice that's out in a million business books. But actually, when you open the VISP, you've got a huge amount of opportunity to do things differently and still be successful. And I think that's what Webmark shows is that you don't have to follow somebody else's uh, rule book. You don't have to follow somebody else's ethics. You can be yourself and you can be successful in a conventional sense, but in a very unconventional way. And it's so much nicer um, to be able to run a business like that. And now um, I've been able to be furloughed to write my book and think amongst other things. Um, and I've got a 32-year-old managing director who's running the business. So, you know, having youth, giving youth the opportunity, you know, to be the very best that they can. And we've got some really fantastic young people are coming up at, uh, at speed who, of course, you know, have the uh, digitally savvy from day one. It's a no-brainer. Yeah. We've got a huge amount of skills that, you know, I am having to, you know, retrofit into my, yeah. uh, you know, my armory. Um, they have it as normal. Now, the, you know, there's a balance to be had um, because you need to, there's a lot of things that they need to learn as well. But actually, they do a fantastic job. And don't forget, Alexander the Great had conquered most of the known world at 21. So, you know, you don't need to, um, you don't need to have, huge amounts of experience to actually come up with great ideas you know we've had fantastic ideas for people who've been here a couple of months so it's it, you know getting getting youth in and giving them responsibility early you know there's it, it really does turbocharge your business but that isn't within most hr manuals no it's certainly not certainly not listen we always we always try and keep to about 20 minutes half an hour and it's never en enough with you so we, we we had you at number one you're round about number 30 we're definitely want to have you back for a bit of a, an update when when are you i don't know is the book going to be a video book or is it actually going to be a typed book that we can get on you know audiobooks or I'm, hoping, I'm hoping i'm being honest i've got a publisher who's interested in it i've had a chat with uh, i realized now that um i know i can get it down in video better and i'm going to do, do that so i'm hoping what i'll do is when i've done this and i've got 20 chapters to do so I've done uh, 20 uh, book review, 20 book reviews on business books, which I think are fantastic. Yep. Um, and then I'm doing my book, which is going to be 20 chapters. And then, uh, but you can duck and dive. The beauty of it is, of course, there's a video. You can just listen to it as you're driving along or running or whatever you, you, you're going to do. Um, and it's free, you know, in line with the uh, Webmark ethos, you know, giving everybody the equality of opportunity uh, to do it. I would like to... Um, do a more in-depth um, version of it, and that possibly would be when it, it would go through to a publishing house and come up with something. When I've got a bit more, if it, should I say, editorial support, and you know, uh, I, I can dictate. I, I've got it in my head all yep. the time. I know I can do that, but it's just getting the, getting the thing down in, writing, and then editing it, and, and my time, and my, my spelling's not very good. And all of those kinds of things. So, <laughs> so, so people, people, can, people can see this on your LinkedIn, your LinkedIn page. Please, yes. Any other platform? Uh, no, it's on LinkedIn. I'm doing it on LinkedIn. I'm, I'm recording it in, uh, you know, on kind of YouTube or I think it's uh, Vineyard. Have you ever heard of Vineyard? Yeah, because uh, of you. Uh, yes, I have, and I checked oh, out. I checked out the other day. Yeah. It's quite interesting. Oh, Vineyard. Sorry, Vineyard. Vineyard. Yeah. Uh, this is very good. Uh, so I'm doing it on that at the moment. Um, and I'm hoping that it, well, it'll be finished in uh, 20 days, 20 working days from now. 
So in the morning it'll be done, and uh, then perhaps I'll, perhaps I'll come back after that and see what you think. You can give me a synopsis of it, of what you think, the good, the bad, and the damn right ugly on it. <laughs> I, can, I can definitely do damn right ugly. Listen, always good to catch up with you. We'll see you soon. And you, mate. Take care. Thanks, Simon. See you.